KHAN is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. K-Hen and Little Red Hen, just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman, here at KN 106.9 on your FM dial. Or you can always tune us in on iTunes, or if you want, as a podcast, we've got about four years of podcasts of this show. You can listen forever. <laughs> anyway, come on. Come on back to the old caboose. We're, we've got some... Some coal on in the coal stove. It's kind of warm and nice back here. And we're going to have a nice morning interviewing uh, Rick Spradlin about some interesting topics. Now, up at the head end of this train is nobody other than the radio personality, Rick White. Hey, Rick White. And, and I just heard his show this week. Lots of train shows are out there when it comes to music. And his musical train show was really, really worth listening to this week. So I thought we, we never hear from the head end. It's just up there just pulling the train. So let's hear a little from him. I want to hear a little more about your show. Thank you very much, Forrest. And um, yeah, we don't talk about my show on your show very much, but uh, it, the show is called Bacon Lubbock tomato sandwich with Rick White. It's a Texas music variety show. We had uh, uh, Forrest Whitman as a guest uh, DJ in a few weeks ago. I think it's, I don't think it's available on the archive anymore, but we had a great time. We played uh, train songs for two hours and Forrest loves his train songs. But what, what I want to tell your listeners about is that this week, and this is on the archive at khen.org, the Bacon Lubbock Tomato Sandwich had a Bruce Springsteen special, and it was made up of uh, covers of Bruce Springsteen music. It's probably one of the most uh, watched, no, most <laughs> listened to shows that I have had. And um, I encourage you, if you are a Bruce fan, or if you are a Texas country music fan at all, to tune in to Bacon Lubbock Tomato Sandwich. It happens live at KHIN on 
at Mondays at 4 to 6 p.m. and also available on our archives at khen.org. And then I will hand this back to Forrest in just a moment. I would like to encourage the people who are listening at khen.org to hit that donate button. We need your money. We are going into our uh, spring fund drive right now, and uh, we've had a little uptick on the amount of uh, donations that we have received through uh, khen.org, and I'd like to thank everybody for that. And thank you for letting me do that little promo of my own show for us. It looks like clear sailing up here for this episode, and let's run. You are very much welcome. We forget, those of us back here in the caboose, we kind of forget that these engineers are up there. They're, they're pulling the whole train. And the other thing we forget, I think, is people like Rick Spradlin, who are people who, uh, we'll hear more from him right now, but who have taken up model trains and model trains lead to big trains and big trains leads... <laughs> We hope someday to uh, more ridership on our our long distance passenger routes. And um, so without further ado, Rick, what tell us about this? How does this work anyway? Well, um, I've always been interested in model trains. When I was a small child, my father had um, a fair, as I recall, I was only four or five, a fair size setup um, in the upstairs of our house. That was like 1958, 1959. And somewhere along that time, he decided to remodel the house. So he boxed up all the trains and put them away and remodeled the house. And they just never wound up coming back out again. Um, and as, a, as, a, as I got older, I remember the trains being in the attic in boxes. And I was very you know, curious about them as you know, a child would be. And somehow it never got around to being re to set up again. And he passed away in 1967. So the trains have been sitting in boxes since 1958, 1959. Um, and in 2000, when my mother passed away, uh, my stepfather got everything out of the attic and uh, I, I flew up to visit and I brought all these trains home. I had no idea what they were, no idea how they worked. I just knew that I was interested in them. So about this time last year, last March, you know, we're still kind of in the midst of, midst of COVID. And my wife said, you need another hobby to get out of the house. She goes, why don't you go set up your trains? So I went out to our shed and I got all the boxes down and opened everything up. And that's how it started. Nice. That's pretty exciting. And do you mind me asking Forrest um, and Rick, um, what, what gauge are you working with? So they're 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 vintage Lionel. So the, the, there's the the, the delineation is um, so 1945 era. Um, my stuff is what they call O27, which is a little smaller than a standard O gauge. And um, uh, yeah, so so there was some O gauge stuff in there, but the, the the bulk of it was all O27 gauge. That's really interesting. Now, when you go to a, these shows, these rail shows. Do you do you find often that your group, the O27 group, is in one area and standard O is another area? Do they 
have them sort of delineated in that manner? Or? Well, I haven't yet been to a good train show. There was one uh -huh. several months ago in Colorado Springs. And due to some work commitments, I wasn't able to go. And the next one coming up is um, this coming weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So I don't really know how they're laid out. My understanding is, oh, and 27 people pretty much get along. Um, some of the O stuff will work on O27 and vice versa, and some of some of it won't. So um, I'm really anxious to go to my first train show. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and why don't you, you share with our listeners when that is and where? Uh, it's at the, forgive me if I say the name right, it's this at the Colorado Stock Arena, the great Western Stock Arena. Okay. Um, it's in, but it's in Denver. And it's going to be um, Saturday and this coming Saturday and Sunday, um, April, whatever date that is, April. Uh, let me check my calendar here. April 2nd and 3rd. And it's like from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Nice. I'm going to try to get away, but I, can't, I'm not, I haven't committed to it just yet. Well, and let me say about these, these model railroad shows, the last one that I went to was in uh, Pueblo, Colorado, uh, about a yeah, year, year and a half ago. And they were handing out, even then, the upcoming calendar. These shows, there are these shows about every two or three weeks, all the way from now until the 4th of July. So Rick, I'm, Rick Spradlin, I'm sure, is, is aware of this, that you could just spend your life going around to model railroad shows. There are lots of them, lots of one. One I thought looked interesting was uh, Westcliff. Colorado is having one this summer. I thought, now that would be a nice, a nice drive up to Westcliff and Absolutely. walk around, you know, look at the look at everything. And so yeah. um, this this can be it's this could be a railroad hobby in and of itself, just going around to these various shows. Yeah, and and to, to to kind of clarify for the listeners, the show in Denver is my understanding. It's all things all things trains. Um, there's going to be representatives from the Leadville train. Uh, they, they'll have a booth there, and I'm sure they'll have people from the Denver or the, the, the uh, Durango-Silverton line. So it's not it's more than just model trains. It's just a whole encompassing train show. Yes, indeed. And some of us who belong to the Colorado Association of Railroad Passengers, whoop, whoop, <laughs> are going to have a booth there. Uh, and uh, let me say this about that booth. Uh, the people who were just on the, on there last year, a uh, similar booth, said that they that they had they answered the most basic questions, namely, how how many long distance trains have survived? Are they still good trains? The answer is yes. A lot of them have. And yes, they are excellent trains, the ones that have survived. So we can we can look forward to those kinds of those kinds of questions. Well, now, Rick, getting back to your personal situation, did this make your wife happier when you were able to get up to the attic and start working on this? Well, yes, only we did. We don't have an attic here. Um, she recently bought a new car back in back in late late summer, which means I couldn't park my truck in the garage because she didn't want my truck next to her new car. It was uh -huh. pretty tight fit. So she um, very willingly gave, gave up half of the garage to me from my train space. Nice. 
So I set it up in in the half of the garage, and then January hit. It was just bitter cold in January, and I could not go out and work on my trains. Um, so when we had this house built, I'm also a home brewer. So we have a separate, separated third bay to the garage that's insulated with power and heat and water, and that's where I do my brewing. But I realized I don't brew as much in the winter, so I took the brewery out of the brewery and moved the and tore all the train stuff down. I had it completely set up, tore all the train stuff down, moved it into the brewery, and then rebuilt the table. And I probably got it. It's probably a third, a third bigger than the setup I had initially in the garage. So that's where I am now. I'm still putting track. The track is all together. I'm just starting to do the wiring now. Boy, now is this old fashioned? Like when I was a kid, model trains all had a third rail, which yes. is where the electricity. Yeah, comes through. And then you have what, a generator? No, you have a... Uh, it's, a it's an AC transformer. Okay. So, so it takes your house current, um, 110 AC, and dump, um, the transformers go from zero to 20 volts AC. Interesting. Yeah, when I was a kid, ours had a, a great big lever on it. That yes. Pulled over. Yes, and mine does too. I, I actually have I actually have two of those. So my my layout has two separate loops that are connected but electrically isolated. So I can have two trains going at one time, and it's the classic Lionel. It's got the the milk car where the guy comes out and brings the milk cans out, and it's got an automatic log dumper. Um, and I'm going to add to that as time goes on. Unfortunately, eBay is my friend, not so much my wallet's friend. Uh, but um, all this vintage Lionel stuff is available on eBay for a price. So I'm slowly starting to collect more trains. And when I get my track finished, then I want to start getting the Lionel accessories. And there's just a hundred of them out there. Well, at the show in Pueblo, we I asked several people who had stopped by and one thing or another, have you thought about actually considering a, a passenger train for your next trip. Say you're thinking of taking a trip to San Francisco and um, it, they, it, it's a blank look. They just think you have to take an airplane. You know, it, it, uh, so it, it's a long, for, for, for real passenger groups, it's gonna be a long, slow awareness that, that you can even do this. And um, uh, I don't, what do you think? Do you think these shows, I would think these shows would be a natural place for people to, to come and, and look, I would think. I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you, what do you think, Rick? If you were. Well, I, you know, I think to a certain degree, these train shows are kind of preaching to the choir, if you will. Um, somebody that's not already interested in trains, model or otherwise, probably wouldn't go. Um, you know, unless they had a child that maybe said, hey, dad, let's go to the train show or, you know, just on the off chance. So, so to a degree, I think we're not speaking to the people that we should be to really get people enthused about train travel. Uh, how do we do that? We do. I don't know. Some of them might go into uh, Rick White's show, uh, Bacon Lubbock Tomato. And, um, yeah, and they might hear some of these wonderful 
songs that he plays. I mean, he he plays. He's got a wonderful library of uh, trained songs. They might hear those that might that might sort of get a little interest going there. It could it could be. I don't know. Huh. And I, you know, I think part of the other I- issue is people are, um, with today's technology, so used to instant gratification. I want to drive to Denver. I want to get on the plane and I want to be in Seattle in three hours. Um, I don't want to get on the train and you know, I, I don't know about from here, but I did the train once from Albuquerque to Seattle and it was a full two day train trip. And people don't want to spend two days riding on a train. They want to get to point A to point B. Um, I, however, enjoy the train. So I thought that was a, that was one of the most fun times I had that those, those, that two day riding from Albuquerque to, uh, Seattle. Yeah. Uh, so I, so that's part of it. I think people want to get quickly where they're going and they don't mind spending the money to fly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly where, where we are. And, um, and they then miss the. I don't know, sitting in the dining car, watching the landscape going by, uh, thinking to yourself, geez, I'm not, you know, I'm not the first, I'm not the first uh, person who's been here. I'm not the first, the first um, sentient human to, to be looking at this uh, right. that kind of thing. And uh, yeah. And the scenery is absolutely amazing, you know, from the train. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever ridden the coastline from L.A. to Seattle, but it is just amazing views of the ocean and the forest going all the way up the coast. Um, And I've also taken the train from Albuquerque to Flagstaff and back. And that's another problem. When you go Amtrak from Albuquerque to Flagstaff, for example, the train comes to Albuquerque about 3.30 in the afternoon, and you get to Flagstaff later that evening. Coming back, the train leaves Flagstaff at five. At something like I'm going to guess this, like five a.m. So you got to be at the depot at five a.m. to get back to Albuquerque. So because you know you can't just get on a train whenever you want and go whenever you want, you're kind of tied to their schedule. That makes it a little inconvenient sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Although that's a nice train. I mean, that's that's. Um... That's the Southwest Chief, mm-hmm. which was that was the crack train. Uh, our engineer Rick White is up there. He's probably starting to toot the whistle because uh, he comes from a he comes from a Santa Fe Railroad family. For goodness sakes, they uh, yep yep they loved it, and I don't hear any toots, but he's, <laughs> I'm still here for us. I thought we were going to go into the uh, train war again in, in Salida, and I've, I've heard that story enough times. You don't want to hear the train war story. <laughs> but, um, but that is an interesting story, and it is part of our history that, that we let slip by uh, the, the, the long-term war, really, between the Rio Grande uh, on, on the, you might say, on the you might say on the straight west and um, the Atchison, Topeka and the Santa Fe coming in from the other direction. And the two of them really fighting it out for uh, Raton Pass, fighting it out for Leadville, uh, fighting it out for Salida, Colorado, amongst amongst other things. And um, that's just so interesting. 
and you can see all that real estate from the dining car or, you know, if they've got a bar car on. And usually they have the uh, sightseer lounge. And that's nice, too, because that's that's kind of up high. And um, just trying to think. Uh, of course, the best place, well, a number of places you can get on that. I, I work, our train group is, we're kind of into Trinidad right now. Is, would you say that's fair to say, uh, Rick? That, that we, yeah. That Trinidad is a hot spot. I w- it seems like it. It's it's a nice enough town. Uh, I've only been there just a couple of times. Now, does the train actually leave from there, or do you have to go to Raton to catch it? Oh, it leaves from Trinidad. Okay. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. We, in fact, we had the mayor of Trinidad on this very show. A very interesting interview. And in fact, he uh, said that they're thinking of building at least some kind of a shelter in Trinidad. So you don't have to just stand out there on that platform, the snow falling on you, looking down the track. Finally, you, you, you see a little gleam of a headlight and you say, oh my God, we can, you know, um, yeah, he, he's, we'll see how far he gets with the idea, but he, he wants to, he feels like since Amtrak gets a fair ridership out of Trinidad, Colorado, that hmm. they should be building something to keep right. the snow off. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Horace, do you mind if I chime in here just for uh, Oh, chime, chime in there, there, Professor. Okay, White. we're about five minutes from the end of this show, but I wanted to okay. encourage your listeners to, um, you can, Forrest will tell you how you can do this, but this interview that he's talking about, the mayor of Trinidad is a very nice gentleman named Phil Rico. And it is a very good interview show. And if you have interest in this, look up Forrest's shows and you can tell them how to do it. And you would look for the show with Phil Rico as a guest. And it's easy to do. You just, you just go to... Uh... K-H-E-N dot O-R-G, K-A-T-N dot org. And then you just uh, go over to podcasts and you click on podcasts and you click on On the Rails with Forrest Whitman. And as you get to On the Rails, you go on down and you can, as I say, um, look along. Well, it will probably say interview with Phil Rico or interview with Mayor of Trinidad. And just play it and listen to it, and uh, it'll be like the show we're doing right now. There'll there'll be a little break after uh, about half an hour, and then you can listen to the next half hour. So, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. He also had was talking about a study. How are we doing for time? We got a few minutes. Yeah, you're like two or three minutes for us. Okay, well we can maybe go into that study. They've done an interesting study about where the Bustang, which is our bus that stops here in Salida, about the Bustang every day stops in Salida. It then goes to Pueblo. Well, say you want to take the train somewhere. If you really want to do Bustang, you're going to have to go all the way up to Denver and go to Union Station to take the train, uh, which it seems kind of silly because you can almost see the train from the Pueblo Transit Center. 
I'm exaggerating, of course, but it's it's just not that far. I, somebody was saying the other day, it's like 27 miles. So um, I'd have to get a map. But anyway, there, Phil Rico, these other mayors and so on in that area have just done quite a study. Uh, and they're amazed at the potential ridership for people who are would, would be willing to take the Mustang bus to um, the Pueblo Transit Center and then catch a dedicated uh, sleeper, a dedicated uh, chair car, dedicated uh, uh, equipment car where they could put their suitcase or 400 pounds worth of stuff, the huge amount of poundage that you can put on a baggage car and uh, who's checking. And uh, then then there you are. Then they it would be pretty easy to hook that on the back of the chief and off you go to Chicago or hook that back on, on the chief and off you go to San Francisco. So um, uh, it's an excuse me. <laughs> you would hook that back on the chief and you would go to L.A. because you're, you'd be going the southern route. Um, but uh, just to say that, my golly, uh, that that astounded them at this huge, like uh, around 60 percent of the people they talked to said, oh, my goodness, I would do that in a minute. So uh, we need to wrap this up. Uh, boy, we've got a lot more questions here uh, for Rick Spradlin, but who we haven't even begun to hear about, about how he set up his model train and about this whole theory that uh, we're out of time. Okay, we'll talk with Rick more. Rick, don't stay right here back in the old caboose. We're going to turn the markers around from uh, from uh, green to red so that they know we're stopped. Uh, we are stopped out here on the main. Uh, we're going to stoke up the coal stove a little, put our feet up. If you want to, and you can go climb up in the angel seat uh, in between here. And um, we're going to be back with part two of On the Rails and uh, an interesting interview with Rick Spradlin. Okay, we're going to say highball. We'll say highball. We're at the count of three. One, two, three. Highball! Highball! Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncho Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889.